You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey everyone, Tim Robertson here on Tech Fan number 227. I'm by myself at the moment because David, oh, about 20 minutes ago, <clears throat> maybe 15, sent me a uh, message that said, better start without him. And uh, I said, you okay? And he said, sorry, can't talk right now. So by better start without me, suggests that he will be here eventually. How long? I don't know. So I am going to go ahead and start this episode of Tech Fan and hopefully bring David in sooner rather than later. And uh, but I got to say, I'm I'm pretty tired right now. Spent almost all day yesterday flying back from Los Angeles and uh, with a stop in Phoenix. Both times, I didn't think I was going to make my connection <clears throat> in Phoenix, going to L.A. and coming back from L.A. So that's always fun to do. Do you uh, do you fly much? And if so, don't you hate those layovers? I do. I hate them. I especially hate them when they're either too short, where you got to rush to the next gate, or too long and you've got like three hours to hang out at the airport because there's just so much stuff to do at the airport. Uh, actually, there is in Vegas, but it's not stuff I want to do at the airport in Vegas, which is gamble, which I don't do. So, yeah, there's just not a lot for me. I, I sit there and read. And what I'm reading right now, basically from uh, David's recommendation, is uh, David Weir's um, The Martian. I know as a movie right now with Matt Damon. It looks fantastic, and I want to see the movie, but I've been told by multiple people, read the book first. And so I am reading the book first. I'm about two-thirds of the way done. Fantastic story so far. So if you're looking for something to read, <clears throat> boy, I've got a <clears throat> hitch in my throat here. <clears throat> if you're looking for something to read, uh, I definitely recommend The Martian. It's really, really good. Uh, especially if you're kind of geeky and you like scientific stuff. And uh, I've heard that it's almost required reading at NASA the... The stuff, the, the solutions that the writer comes up with in the story is just spot on. So it's not a, it's not science fiction by any stretch of the imagination. So it's, it's really good. I'm enjoying it. I think, oops, I just accidentally almost called somebody on Skype, which I wasn't trying to do. <laughs> uh, someone was almost a surprise guest on uh, TechFan. So anyways, uh, back to technology. What have I been doing? Well, <clears throat> last week I was in New York. This week, L.A. Uh, over the next, no, two, well, month and a half, I'll be in Washington, D.C., uh, New York, uh, California two more times, and Baltimore. So I am going to be on the road quite a bit. As we mentioned in the last episode, David's going to have like four weeks worth of um shows that he needs to find a co-host. <clears throat> Obviously, we'll reach out to uh, Owen, Ruben, and uh, maybe some other people as well. But I will let David talk more about that next week. But I will be here the next couple weeks. So, uh, And again, hopefully David will be here soon, so I don't feel like I have to sit, there, sit here and fill space. But I have been doing some things. My review of the Fire TV went live at MyMac.com on Monday of this week. Uh, that was the day that the new Fire TV was released, so people were receiving them that day. I really like it, to be honest with you. I've read some reviews that seemed a little overly critical, that they were almost knocking down their score of the Fire TV for the things it doesn't do. And <clears throat> I get that to a certain extent, but... It wasn't meant to do the things that they're talking about. So that's that's like knocking down a car review because it doesn't fly. <laughs> you know, it's a car. It's not supposed to. Uh, I like the Fire TV. It handles playing games really well. Now, the one that they sent me wasn't the gaming edition, which the only thing that's really different between the normal Fire TV and the gaming edition is a controller. I could not, uh, no matter what I tried, I've got... Two or three different game controllers, uh, all Bluetooth, and the Fire TV has Bluetooth built in. I couldn't get any of my controllers to sync up with it. And it specifically says that you can use Bluetooth game controllers with it. So uh, that's pretty much the one thing I knocked it down for. I couldn't get any of my game controllers to pair with it. 
that being said, I did have a pre-release version of the Fire TV. Uh, it's the hardware is the same, but they update the software for the shipping version. I have updated mine, so I need to go back and see if I can now sync a Bluetooth game controller to it. And if I can, I'll go back and I'm and I'll add something to the review saying, you know, with the shipping version of the OS, I am now able to sync uh, a Bluetooth game controller. But you could play a lot of the games with the included remote. Uh, it's not a super sophisticated remote like the one that's coming out with the upcoming new Apple TV, which should be released uh, anytime. Uh, okay. Uh, I just got a message from David. So let's see what David said. He wrote, <laughs> Panic Over. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to let him... Let me text him. Uh, how long until you're online? So I know how long before he can join this episode. I want. I'm gonna let him <clears throat> explain <laughs> what what the panic was, what the uh, crisis was, and uh, it's kind of funny. So I, I, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> It sounds like something that would happen to me, though. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, I, I like the Fire TV. I do have to send this back to Amazon here in a, a week or so. Um, am I going to be sorry to see it go? I don't know. Here's the thing. I'm definitely going to get the new Apple TV. Probably not the day it's released, but I am going to get one. Um, it does a lot of the things that I want an Apple TV to do. Things that I've been talking about here on Tech Fan and OWC Radio for a very long time. Uh, heck, I think I was even talking about this way back when I was doing the MyMac podcast. And that's the ability to use apps on the Apple TV. To me, that's kind of the holy grail as far as what the Apple TV should be capable of doing. Um, it just has to have apps. Specifically, it has to have <coughs> games. So I see David is online, so I'm trying to ring him right now. Sometimes it shows him online and he's not actually online. So we're going to hang up and wait for him to call us. Actually, I think he was just getting ready to answer when I hung up. Don't you hate when that happens? <clears throat> Bye. Oh, see, here he comes now. And I believe we have David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear us? Me. I can, yeah. Good. I am not going to explain to the listeners what the panic was and what the crisis was. I thought... No, this is too good. I have to let David explain this. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be kind to me then. Let, let me maintain a veil of mystery over my stupidity. No, no, no. This is too good. You have to explain. Are you in the car, by the way, or something? I am in the car because I, I wanted to get straight on. I figured I've got 4G on the phone now. Let's give this a go. So, yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Uh, yeah, I'm driving home right now. So the reason I'm driving home is I've just had to run back to work. I uh, I normally leave home early on a Friday afternoon to be home at four so that I can do the show uh, and so I left about 20 past three today and uh, I've got a lot of stuff I've got going on at the moment it's my son's bar mitzvah for next weekend uh, it's his birthday tomorrow I've been trying to sort out a Mac for him today and this that, and the other work is busy and so when I left the office today I had all this stuff with me including the MacBook Air that I've configured up for him and everything and I was carrying a couple of bags and then on the way out, I needed to pick something up from the Amazon locker. And I went and did that. And I got in the car and got home. <laughs> and when I got home, which unfortunately I live about 20 minutes from home. Um, I only work about 20 minutes from home. When I got home, I thought, hmm, I seem to be short a bag with my laptop in it and a whole load of other stuff. And I realized I put it down in front of the Amazon locker and left it there. <laughs> so I had to go rushing back before somebody either ran over the, the thing because the, the locker's public or alternatively more likely stole the bag. Uh, and so I came dashing straight down here and uh, fortunately it was still sat there by the locker when I got there. 20 minutes but later, had, it was still sitting there. It was, mm. yeah. Um, How many speed my, limits did you break to get there? Uh, I may have <laughs> edged one or two. I couldn't actually go that fast because it's, uh, there's a, you know, at the time of the afternoon, a Friday, there's a fair amount of traffic, you know. Yeah, but if you honk a lot and drive on the sidewalk, people will move. Yeah, I guess so. But if you get pulled over, then that'll slow you down even more. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. 
that's anyway, uh, so, I, I've I've that, done stuff like that before. That that sinking feeling in your gut, like oh my god, I can't believe I just did this. It's totally yeah. going to get stolen. How stupid yeah. am I? All of I those know. things. Well, this my my blood pressure medication earned its keep today. Yeah, I was going to say that's that gets the old uh, ticker thumping, doesn't it? That's right, it sure does. Yeah. So so it was still anyway. there. All is good. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Well, at least so it's a happy ending. Absolutely, um, and uh, and hopefully it will all come good this weekend and next weekend as well, and then I can get back to being normal because we're we're starting to feel the stress levels at home at the moment. I can imagine. So, there's a lot of things to to organise and sort out, which uh, is is always difficult. Well, I was just explaining to uh, the listeners of. Uh, here on TechFan, that my review of the Fire TV went live at my Mac last Monday. Uh-huh. And uh, really the biggest problem that I was having with it is that I can't get a USB, or I'm sorry, a uh, Bluetooth controller to work with it. Because from what I can see, looking at the specs and everything online at Amazon between the gaming edition Fire TV and the regular Fire TV is the addition of the Amazon game controller. That's the only right. thing that's different. Well, I've got uh, game controllers, Bluetooth ones. I've used quite a few with my iPad. In fact, I have a really nice um, Steel Series that I like a lot. And yeah. for whatever reason, I cannot get it to work with the Fire TV. The Fire TV just never sees it. <clears throat> the Mac does. The uh, iOS devices do. Even one of my Android phones sees it just fine. But for whatever reason, the Fire TV does not. So uh, we talked last week about um, Amazon pulling Apple TV. Perhaps, um, perhaps this is part of the uh, made for I- made for iPhone spec in the Apple devices. But it doesn't talk to Amazon either. It, it like could be the case, <laughs> but more likely, I think it's probably has to do with I was running a pre-release version of the Fire TV OS yeah. on my review unit. In fact. Uh, one of the questions that I had that I had emailed the PR people a few times during my review process was, why is there no Netflix on here? Because let's be honest, Netflix on the Fire TV or Apple TV, that's an important app. If your yeah. streaming service box doesn't support Netflix, it's dead right out of the gate. I mean, yeah. when it comes to streaming service, it's Netflix. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like what Amazon's doing with Prime. And Hulu is pretty good, too, although I'm, I'm not paying for Hulu. Although they do have a new commercial-free version of Hulu, so I might eventually look into it again. But if you don't have Netflix, you're going to lose probably, what, 75% of your core buyer, at least? Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't on here. I couldn't find it in the store to download. I've got it on my Fire TV stick, so I, I knew that you know Amazon... And, and Netflix get along fine, yeah. but it wasn't here. They finally had responded two days before my reviews to go live saying it's there now, reiterating the fact that I had pre-release software. It should have been pushed down to me, and sure enough, it was there. Um, <clears throat> I'm hoping, maybe against hope, but I'm hoping that because I was running a pre-release version of Fire OS, once I update it sometime this weekend then it will support the third-party Bluetooth controllers. Yeah. That's my hope. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, if you're going to have to stick with the Amazon one, that's not great, really. We're starting to get back to that stage where we're, we're seeing increasingly, um, you know, ecosystem lock-in now. Um, and you know, for, for, for a long time, we've kind of been moving away from that. It seems like we're swinging back towards that again. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. It does seem that way. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, in some respects, it is. In some respects, it's not. It's kind of a case-by-case basis. But as a general rule, I like to be able to use what I want to use with whatever device I want to use, within reason. And I think a Bluetooth game controller should absolutely work with the Fire TV, especially when they advertise the fact that you can use a Bluetooth game controller with it. Yeah. But yeah. is there some certain specs in the one I have or the ones that I have that are really iOS dependent and thus it won't work with other devices? I don't know. Well, you said it, you said your um, your controller works with your Android phone, so it does. That would suggest that would suggest there's nothing inherently um, wrong with the device that would and of course Amazon 
these Amazon devices are running, and I mean, it's all Android core underneath. So is Android the the OS underneath the Fire TV? I don't know. Yeah. They don't advertise it one way or another. No. It, I, I'll yeah, I'll no play with it this weekend and see if I can get it to work. Yeah. I'm interested either way. Yep, definitely. So, in other Tim technology news. <laughs> Uh, I did talk about the Super Pac-Man, right, that I got it working? You did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I still haven't adjusted the screen because I haven't been here, but that's that's next on my list. Uh, that and there's someone online who will sell me really cheap, um, pretty much covering the cost of shipping. He will send me a JAMA to Super Pack adapter. So I plug in all the plugs from the Super Pac-Man into this adapter, and on the other side, I plug in a JAMA adapter, at which point I could plug in like a 60-in-1 board. And if all works well, I could turn my Super Pac into a 60-in-1 arcade machine for, you know, like I said, the cost of shipping for this JAMA adapter. So I presume the Super Pac-Man just has a four-way joystick. It doesn't have any other controllers. Well, it has a four-way joystick. It has... um, buttons on either side of it. The problem with that is I I know both of these are uh, basically they're speed buttons. So when you're on a bonus level on Super Pac-Man, you push that and Pac-Man will go faster. And then, of course, it has player one, player two. So it technically has four buttons, player one, player two, and then two buttons on either side of the joystick, which I think are the same button. So I'm going to have to really look into that. I could probably wire them to be different buttons. The problem is, let's say you got a game that's shoot and jump at the same time or something. How do you do that if the buttons are on either side of the joystick? Yeah. So it's going to be kind of limited, but to be honest with you, David, the only games I'm really interested in getting to work on here are ones that only need one button, like Donkey Kong or Burger Time or Pac-Man and Super Pac-Man that I don't need any buttons. So I'm not too concerned about that. That's that's an issue for another day, but... Just being able to get the 16-in-1 to work on this machine without tearing apart this machine, without doing anything at all destructive. You know, the the original power supply will still be there. The monitor, the original PCB, the game itself will still be in there. I'll just unplug that to plug something else in. It's completely non-destructive. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't want to mess up this arcade machine uh, if I don't have to. But the big thing for me is still the monitor adjustment, which... Is so hard to do when you can't look at the screen as you're adjusting things. And I don't have like a a full big mirror. Yeah, I don't have anything like that. You know that I've got handy that I could just prop up in front of it. I mean, I've got a full size mirror like on the wall, but that would scare me to prop that up against something. It's (laughs) just nah, it doesn't sound like a. I just broke a mirror as a as a matter of fact about two weeks ago or a week ago i was cleaning one of the mirrors on our sliding door for the uh medicine cabinet above the sink in the bathroom and a big chunk of it just broke right off oh dear yeah so i got a so i got a yeah i was i was looking forward to you know not walking in front of a black cat too (laughs) um but still it's a it's a fun project to do very good. good. So uh, I was, I was expecting to be uh, talking. To, I mentioned last week talking today on a new uh, MacBook Pro. Yep. Um, I'm not. <laughs> it hasn't arrived. I'm in one of those. Um, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna. While uh, we've got some time over the next couple of weeks, while you're not around, I'm, I'm probably gonna do a uh, just kind of a, a solo segment on um, on on how to deal with eBay. Uh, you know, buying the sort of stuff we like to buy on eBay. Um, but I'm in one of those eBay situations at the moment where I've paid a lot of money for a laptop uh, and it looks like the person who sold it to me just can't really be bothered to get around to sending it to me. So, hmm. I don't think it's malicious. I don't think it's a deliberate case of just bone-ass lazy and just every time I say, well, when are you going to send it? Where is it? What you send me the details of the shipping and all of that. They go, oh, yeah. And then they give me like a lame excuse, like, uh, you know, they, they, I forgot to take it to work today, or I've had to travel away, or my grandma died, or, 
you know. Um, Why not give this person an ultimatum? Say, hey, I'm going to give you until the end of business day tomorrow to to send me a confirmed shipping, or I'm going to stop payment. I'm going to dispute this. No, well, I, well, yeah, I, I've I've already raised the case with eBay, and um, yeah, I, effectively, if if I don't get it by Tuesday next week, then I can go to eBay and they'll just refund me my money. So I'm, you know, that, I'm not too concerned about it, but it's kind kind of annoying because. You know, I wanted the machine. I wanted to have the machine set up. Uh, as I mentioned to you, I'm giving my MacBook Air to my son, so his birthday is tomorrow. So as of tomorrow, I won't have any Macs at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's kind of frustrating, really. But there you go. That's these these are the, these are the things that sometimes happen. Is it a 13 or a 15 inch that you're buying? It's a 13 inch Retina yeah. MacBook Pro. Yeah. How much money are you saving over buying a, a reconditioned from Apple? Uh, a lot. Uh, I think I paid. Five hundred eighty pounds for it. Oh wow, that's a good deal. Um, so, uh, and it's a two thousand. It's a, basically it's the second generation of the t- of the Retina. Yep. So it's um, you know it's a pretty it's a pretty good machine and it's it's quite well specced up as well. It has the uh, two fifty six SSD and it has eight gig of RAM in it. So it's you know if you actually get it, anyways. even I bought refurb for Apple, I'd probably be paying another three hundred. Yeah, if I could even get one, then I'd I'd be paying 350 400 pounds more and as i said last week you know this is a machine that's not going to see a huge amount of use so i don't want to invest a huge amount of money in a in a brand new um or even a refurb apple laptop because it's going to be it's going to be sat lying around for most of the time but it's just going to be nice to have if i uh if i need it you know yeah well all i can say is good luck keep us yeah. informed on what's going on uh, well, yeah I'm, I'm, hopefully this, this girl has actually just sent the thing now and it'll just turn up and the fact that she's not responding to me is just because she's lazy but I'll say either way I'll, I'll get a, a I'll, I'll get it sorted out next week and then might, I might have to drop a little bit more money on on some on something from an actual professional reseller rather than a private individual yeah yeah I mean that's sometimes you take your chances on eBay or Craigslist um that's it, you know. And you, this is this is kind of one of one of I might talk about if I do talk about this is, you know, and trying to balance balance that out, recognizing what you're getting yourself into, and and kind of dealing with it in a. I mean, you know, I've been very polite to this lady, and uh, you know, I've not been confrontational, demanding. I've just sort of said, you know, and I've said, well, I've dropped you a lot of money, and um, really, I don't understand what's going on, and I've not accused, even though I, I have suspicions about some of the excuses she gave me, I've not accused her of lying or anything like that i've just kind of got along with it because that's kind of what you have to do um to try and get the best result but uh yeah this i kind of knew that i was getting a cheap price on this and i wasn't necessarily going to get the same service i would get if i'd ordered from apple or from somebody else so the the risks you take that's exactly right you got to balance that risk and reward and sometimes the reward doesn't happen so you got to use a system or a service that offers you protection and thankfully paypal and ebay does do that uh, to a certain extent i mean look you and i have been doing this a long time we remember where ebay and paypal was a wild west and we all remember the stories from back in the day where paypal would freeze people's accounts for no apparent reason and there could be thousands of dollars in there, and it could be frozen for months and months. Um, and I've got to be honest, I still don't keep a big balance in my PayPal. No, account. I think Anytime that's probably I smart. <laughs> so anytime there's more a couple of hundred pounds in there, then I transfer it out to my bank because, uh, you know, I don't want PayPal holding on to my money. No, I agree. It's I'm still unclear. I know that I know that eBay owns PayPal. Well, they're, they're going to separate again shortly. PayPal has been sold. Oh, has it? So, um, yeah, eBay's been telling people using banner ads for a while now that that soon PayPal and eBay will be separate again. So um, that's probably good. Yeah, probably. But um, by the same token, sometimes I think the relationship has kind of helped buyers and sellers in that you know they they kind of feed off each other, and and it it, it would be easy as eBay as a separate company to go. Uh, PayPal is a separate company to do things that might disadvantage eBay customers and they're going to go, well, you know, we, we, we've got no special interest with them. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the other thing that I'm doing that's taking me a little bit longer than I would prefer is, uh, I had started my, uh, my third and final mini arcade build. Yeah. Um, this one, I don't, did I talk about this on the last show? I don't uh, remember. I don't, 
Don't remember. The uh, the other two are actual arcade PCB boards inside of it with power supplies and everything. And they're both vertical mm-hmm. monitors. Well, the last one I'm doing is totally different. I'm doing a horizontal monitor, which means I can only use up to a 7-inch screen that will actually fit in uh, the iCade. And instead of running an actual PCB with power supply and all that stuff, I'm using a computer. So this is going to be a MAME computer. And, yes, I know I'm an Apple fan and all, but when it comes to emulation, Apple just isn't there um, for what I want to do because I want a a nice, slick front end to it. Uh, I want really good MAME and and, uh, support for console games and stuff like that. So Apple is out of the running on that. So I decided to go with the Windows machine, and I needed something very small that I can put inside of it. But I didn't want one of those PCs on a stick. Uh, There's just no expandability to those. And they're not very powerful either. So I went with... um, a company that most people have probably never heard of. They'll hear more about it on this show as well as not new video games when I get the videos and stuff like that posted called Quantum. Uh, QuantumSuppliers.com I reached out to them, David, and said, hey, I'm building this little mini arcade. Uh, I need a PC. Would you be interested in supplying the PC in exchange for, you know, the the advertising, the, the marketing that you're going to get when I post these videos? So they actually sent me two of these. Um, it's called the Quantum Byte Fanless Windows Mini Desktop PC. And uh, I've got two of them. I've got one already installed in the box, in the in the arcade. The other one I haven't even opened yet because I don't know what I'm going to do with the second one at the moment. Uh, but it's, uh, it's powered by the uh, Intel Atom quad core. It's got 32 gigs of onboard memory. And I just lost David because he's in the car. Uh, it's got 32 gigs of onboard memory, which, <clears throat> to be honest, isn't enough hard drive space for me to put everything on there that I need. That being said, it does have um, an SD card slot. So I'm kind of trying to talk and look at David at the same time up here. Let's see if I can get him back. Ah, uh, the... The joys of podcasting. You there? No, he's not. Well, he may be pulling in his driveway and getting on the actual computer. So I think this would be a good time to take a break. And I'll come back and I'll talk about this uh, mini PC. And I'm using it in an arcade. But uh, think about this beyond just how I'm using it and how this might benefit you. And is this the kind of device that... You know, might be pretty cool for you. We'll be right Hey, Siri. I'm looking for a new podcast. How about Three Geeky Ladies? Well, I want to hear about technology. As I said, Three Geeky Ladies. I want to learn about different types of apps and websites that will help me in my day-to-day life. Um, Three Geeky Ladies fits the bill. A podcast that talks about new releases in Apple, like iCloud, Photos, new iPhones, and iPads. Oh, and El Capitan is coming out soon. Right? As I've been saying, Three Geeky Ladies is what you want. Say, what about the Three Geeky Ladies podcast? That looks like exactly what I want. Thanks, Siri. Wow. Three Geeky Ladies, a technology podcast from a female perspective. Find it on the Stoplight Network. And we are back. David's on his Wi-Fi connection now, so he sounds better. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? it like is. When I'm not driving in the car, it sounds a lot better. It absolutely does. <laughs> so I was talking about um, the mini arcade, but specifically the computer that I'm going to use for it. Because for people listening to TechFan here, I think they're more interested in this mini PC than they are what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. So it's very small. It literally can fit in the palm of my hand. It's a little bigger than the palm of my hand, but it fits in the palm of my hand. Uh when you look at it, you will notice it has an antenna, like an old school cell phone that you can, you know, rotate and move around. And that's for the Wi-Fi. Right. Uh, other than that, it's just a little rectangular box here. I'm going to, are you on your iPhone or a computer? 
I'll send my iPhone. Okay, I can't send you a link then because yeah. it'll probably drop Skype out on you. Yeah. It is a very small computer. Um, it comes pre-installed with Windows 8.1. Uh, I signed into my Windows account, and, of course, it, it pulled all the pertinent information over. Yeah. Um, you know, I, here's a question for you, David. You're more of a Windows guy than I am. I would prefer that when I turn on and off this machine, because it's going to be an arcade cabinet, I don't want to have to log into this machine. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's becoming tough to do now. Because if um, I... I, it, I have the option to go in and, and, like, create a simple password, which I thought, well, if I do that, I can make, like, a button pre- press on the arcade be that simple password. Here's the problem. It changes... The password to all my window machines which i don't want to yeah, do yeah and what you need to do is you need to create a local account and it's not it's not obvious how to do that but if you create a local account you can then set that with no password and then set that to be the default account for the computer and then it will just boot up like an xp or a, a windows 7 machine would always do but that doesn't but, have access to the stuff i've already installed on it right no you you probably ha- yeah and this this becomes a problem if you have stuff that you've downloaded from the windows store then that won't work because you need to be connected to the windows store um so you'd have to probably do some more reinstallation and set up i, I wouldn't imagine i would imagine most of the main stuff you've got it's not is not off the Windows Store. No. Yeah. Nothing so, is that so I'm that, going to be using on this. Yeah. So I just have so, to reinstall stuff and reset up yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so you'll, you'll, you'll have to do that again, yeah, because it will be a separate set of file um, locations and things. You won't be able to see any of the other stuff. But uh, once you've done that, then it should be fine. Yeah, because what I, what, I, what I want to do is turn on the machine, Windows fires up, it automatically launches the arcade front-end software... So you never really see the Windows desktop, but for maybe a second. And then it's it's an arcade machine. You select the game you want to play, hit the button, and you play. Yeah. I never want to have to connect a, a keyboard to this machine once it's all set up. Yeah, now I can hear legions of our listeners shouting at, at their uh, iPhones or, or Android phones as they listen to the show, Linux, why haven't you installed Linux on it? Why are you using Windows? Because Linux doesn't support the front ends that I want to use for this arcade. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have the the emulation uh, support that I want for all the different video game systems I want to run on here. Yeah. Now, yeah. this thing has two gigs of RAM, so I'm fine there. Uh, it does have HDMI as well as a VGA port, and I'm probably going to use VGA. Um, the screen I've got coming, I don't think it has headphones in, so I, or uh, speakers built in like the other two. So I got to figure out an audio system for it. But does this it little com- it, it does have a 3.5 millimeter ear earphone port. Okay. Um, it, you know, it, it's got Ethernet built in, but I'm not going to use that. So what? So what do these things run for? This, um, and well, let me finish with the thing. It's got three uh, USB 2 ports. Wow. Uh, one of them, I'm going to run this little jumper. I'm going to drill a hole into the front of this little arcade, and I'm yeah. going to put an external USB connector right there. Uh-huh. And it will sit flush uh, and actually overlap the hole a little bit, a little bevel, so you don't uh-huh. see... You know, there's a cut there. It's just there's yeah. going to be just a little USB port, and that will allow uh, anybody to plug in a game controller. So you don't have to just use the joystick and buttons that has, you know, with the little mini arcade. Yeah. Um, it's only got 32 gigabytes of storage space, and that's flash. That's not wow. enough. I mean, it's just not. The yeah, nice thing I- is, it has an SD card slot. So I'm going to pick up uh, yeah. either a 64 or 128 gigabyte SD card, which they don't cost hardly anything for that much space anymore. I know. It's crazy, actually, because it's, they're actually more expensive to buy any USB form factor than they are as the uh, memory cards. I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but, but yeah, they are um, they are absolutely buttons. I mean, they're, they're virtually, uh, you know, they're like pocket change now to buy those cards. Yeah, and um, so that's what I mean, I'm going to use for external. Like the, uh, Sounds very much like that. That machine is is effectively the same um, class of system as these little hundred dollar um, Windows eight tablets that they were selling a couple of years ago. I, I think it's um, a little bit have... more powerful than that. Yeah. Um, and this is one hundred sixty nine bucks. Right. Okay. And it, but I mean, it comes with Windows eight point one, which allows you to purchase for free Windows ten. So I could run Windows That's ten right, on here. Yeah. I'm not going to. Even though I, I like Windows 10 a whole lot better than Windows 8. 
I really yeah. do. I think Windows 10 is, is quite honestly, well, pretty damn good. I know. I think it's the best thing. The best thing they've, they've ever done. I think it's even I agree. better than Windows 7 was. So. I agree. hundred percent. It's, it's a really good OS. Um, it, it just works. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, the only three button mouse that I have is connected to the my Mac and to unplug it to use with this machine is a huge pain in the butt. So I've got a little $4 mouse coming from Amazon today. Yeah. Cause I, you can't, do a lot of things with a one button mouse on a pc <laughs> you just can't not really no <laughs> you're like well I, I guess i can't do that i can't change the properties of this because i have to right click it and so i've been kind of stuck where it's at i mean i've got like the nes on there i've got atari games i didn't put any arcade games on here yet because i'm going to get very selective on which ones i put on there but it's going to have just a ton of games um and this little computer quite honestly is more than enough to play these kinds of games because hey, look, if people are like, well, that's, that's a pretty pokey processor. I mean, it's well, it's yeah, still, it's for, still dual core. I mean, this is no, that's a quad core. Quad core is even better. Yeah. These, these are the sort of things that I, I was just actually thinking when you're saying this, if you go back five or six years to buy something equivalent to that, you'd be paying over $500 and it would come in a big tower case. Yeah. Um, and now, now it's all been shrunk down to something that that fits in the palm of your hand. It really is quite amazing. And yeah, by modern standards, they're not the fastest machines around the block, but they're still probably the equivalent of a of a good mid sized PC from five years ago. Easily, yeah, this yeah. this has the uh, Intel HD graphic cards in it, so you can do full HD 1080p video. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a nice little computer, and it doesn't weigh hardly anything. In fact, I used. Um, really good velcro to install it in the iCade. It's just velcroed <laughs> on the back. And it's been sitting there for a couple of weeks and I actually let it run for about 48 hours in emulation mode so it was running programs because I wanted some heat to build up to make sure it's going to hold. No problem at all. In fact, it doesn't generate hardly any heat at all. Yeah. So so what powers this? Do you need an external power supply? For no, that? it's got its own power supply. Yeah. Yep. Just uh so, you just that's... Plug in the uh, DC voltage and you're good to go. That's uh, that's very cool, actually. So I'm happy with this little PC, but I was thinking what else you could do with something like this. Uh, For instance, with my Mac here at home, uh, I'm always connected to my 27-inch monitor. And if I want to run Windows, I could literally take the other PC that they sent me, because they sent me two of these, Mm -hmm. and I could Velcro this back to the back of my monitor if I wanted to yeah. and run a KVM switch so I can use the same mouse and keyboard. You just push a button on the KVM switch. It controls the, uh, you, the PC. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even need KVM. If it's on the network, you could just remote into it. Yeah, that's true too. Remote, remote desktop and or VNC or, um, but whatever at, you want at, to do at that point though, I mean, I've already, I'm already running parallels with windows 10 on the same machine. Yeah. Yeah, but I, there are some advantages. Of, and Parallels and, and Fusion and everything are great, but sometimes there's some advantages to having dedicated hardware, just doing whatever you want to do it. I am um, kind of and, curious on running maybe a couple speed tests and CPU tests on VM on my Mac. Yeah. Well, but here's the problem, though. I'm not running Windows 10 on this small PC. I might install Windows 10 on this other PC mm-hmm. just to see how well it runs. The other thing is, I, I can imagine a, a situation where, um, particularly with some of the uh, solid-state devices you can buy now, and you can buy a 128-gig USB um, memory stick, for not USB stick, for not that much money, really. I can imagine you could plug a couple of those into that, and you could have a really tiny, cheap, fanless uh, media server. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be USB 2 only, though. Yeah, but that but for streaming media, yeah, that, that's not that's good. if you do, all you want to do is get is get movies via Plex or something like that. The SD card is going to be TVs. Yeah, but the SD card is yeah. going to be a lot faster, and the card is the same price. Yeah, of course, there's only one card, but still. Yeah, but um, that's what I'm saying. You could have you could have a couple of them. You could, I could have get, three. But, yeah, you could have three. You could Look have like a um, porcupine you know, probably half a terabyte of solid state storage on there for not very much money. <laughs> Look like um, well, I'm wondering if I could. have... You know, because it's USB, can I just slap a three terabyte drive and plug it in? Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, 
but I, the only question then would whether be whether the power supply on that would power the drive. Well, you'd have to get a powered. You'd have to get a powered external. Yeah. But well, still, that's still a lot cheaper than buying a, a full-fledged tower PC. Absolutely. Yeah. The the possibilities of these small little computers and what you can do with them, to me, is something I want to explore more. Yeah. Because, it, you know, even if they're like single-purpose PCs, this is all I use this for. Look, this thing runs on DC power, right? Yeah. I could wire one of these into my car. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, there's all kinds of little things that you can do. Think about... You know, if if you wanted to go with a system, I know HomeKit is coming out for the Mac, but if you wanted to go a different route, you could run home automation on one of these little devices. Yeah. You know, there's a there's I, a lot of different things that you can do. I'm I'm thinking I could wire one into my car and actually turn it into a mobile uh, Skype studio for when I want to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> a camera of high quality in there. microphones in the front there and uh, uh, 3G, a 3G dongle modem out the back of it, and uh, effectively that could be a, a portable studio. We, we pull the uh, reverse camera out of your yeah. bumper and stick that on your dash? Absolutely. So you just put it in reverse, and it activates that camera, and we could all see you? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, so far I'm kind of impressed with this little device. Um, it's 170 bucks. I mean, that's... Well, you, uh, I mean, you're getting a copy of Windows on it. I mean, you pay, you'll probably pay $70 just for that if you yeah, buy it separately. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And you get the free Windows 10 upgrade. So, um, yeah. last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up here, David, this kind of ticked me off, to be honest. Ars Technica yep. posted this a couple weeks ago. Um, and I meant to talk about it before, but uh, this guy uh, it has a party. And it's at. I'm looking on the article. I don't see where this was at. It was at like PAX or something like that. Some uh, right. Yeah, yeah, it was at PAX. So it's a video game conference. This guy has this little Pokemon kickoff party, <laughs> and he sells tickets to it, but the tickets are just dirt cheap. It it doesn't even really cover the venue, but he's recouping some of his money. And it's a Pokemon party, so it's themed. Yeah. No problem in my mind so far. Mm-hmm. He puts up a couple ads, you know. Yeah. He's giving some stuff away. There's no cover all night. Um, there's a Smash Brothers tournament. So if you're a Pokemon fan and you're going to be at PAX, this sounds like it'd be a cool thing to go to. And it was held, or supposedly it was going to be held, August 27th at 9 p.m. It sounds like a fun little thing, right? Well, yeah, it's a nice little bit of fan service. Yeah, and and he's done it a few years now. Yeah. Well, he gets contacted by Nintendo's lawyers, and they're suing him. Instead of just yeah, sending a cease and desist saying, hey, yeah. you know, you're using yeah. copyright stuff, you can't do that, please take it down. Which, by the way, he yeah. did, and he canceled the party and everything, and refunded the money for anybody who yeah. was going to go. Now they're suing him for four thousand dollars. This, this is this is insane. This is I, I, you. We talked some weeks ago about the insanity of Japanese companies, and and to me, this this story just underscores that completely because. By suing him, this is not about, okay, something's happening that we're, we're not really very happy about. It doesn't fit with our corporate guidelines. We need to get it stopped, which in some respects, some people would say, oh, what's the harm? You know, these, these people are fans and what does it matter? And it's, you know, quite all of that. You can put all of that to one side because you know what? The guy did not want. He loves Nintendo. He loves the Pokemon company. He did not want to upset them. As soon as they got in touch with him, he was saying, well, if you don't like it, I don't want to do it. That's fine. Well, let's read this a little bit. As soon as Ramar Larkin-Jones got wind that lawyers from the Pokemon Company objected to the Pokemon-themed party he had planned in August, he shut it down. But that's far from the end of it. Pokemon's lawyers aren't letting go. They refuse to dismiss the case against Jones unless he costs up $4,000 by mid-November. Jones, who described his plight to GeekWire, says he he hasn't got the money. 
I work in a cafe and I literally don't have $4,000, Jones wrote on his fundraising page. He set up to satisfy Pokemon's demand for cash. Let me see what that's... It's a GoFundMe. Let's see. Uh, okay, so he's at $4,153. Right. So people like us helped him. Um, I wish they had just sent a cease and desist because I had no problem dropping the party and I just don't have $4,000 to pay in the next 45 days. Jones even offered to pay the full 4000 over the course of a year, but Pokemon lawyers from the firm Davis Wright and Tremaine wouldn't budge on the deadline. So this is just well, this gross. Is, this has gone from, yeah, slightly uncomfortable to it. What the hell? It, it's I, I, I don't understand this because um, these types of events happen all the time in all types of... If you go to Comic-Con, there'll be loads of these sort of things with themes. Uh, and all of those, in, by the letter of the law, are breaching the copyright of the, of the IPs, what the theme is. If you go to BronyCon because you're like My Little Pony, there'll be all of that as well. And nobody cares because they recognize these are your fans. This is the advertising the for your products. Your product. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so if somebody crosses some kind of intellectual line or whatever, then fine. Say, look, we're really not comfortable with this. Do us a favor and stop it. And then if they get all hard on you, no, we, you know, I have a right to do this. Fine. That's when you've got, you, you've got the recourse, the courts, I guess. But, but the, the point about this is this, they seem to want to punish him for even thinking about doing this. Yep. And this is, this is not, this is not the bone Nintendo. This is, this is Pokemon. This is the kids thing. That kind of has a has a, a, a very much a, a manga um, kind of you know comic con type subculture following to it. But and this is the perfect know, way adults, to ruin that. Adults who go to Pokemon parties, yeah, are probably your most uber fans, and they are people with disposable income who will buy lots of your product because they're grown ups. And, they're exactly and, the and sort what of a, you want to appeal to. And, and what a way to disenfranchise those people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just don't get it. There's ways to handle things and there's ways not to. And this squarely falls into the ways not to handle it. And look, I'm glad that the community, um, it was raised by 118 people in seven days. So this new story got out and 118 people contributed, got him the money. He got to pay the lawyers shush money to, to get rid of them because this was just a money grab for them. It's yeah, just disgusting, that. just disgusting, and shame on the Pokemon company and the lawyer. Shame on them. But I don't understand why stuff like this does not get more attention. Well, this one seemed to got pretty good attention. Well, it didn't. It got some attention, but it didn't get. I don't think it got the sort of attention it deserved. Really, I think. I think the shaming should for Nintendo should have been much more public than this. I agree. It, it, you know, when you, when you consider all the crap that's been flying around the internet for the last 12, 18 months on Gamergate and all of this other stuff that, that you know, is, is ridiculous, and there's stuff like this that is, uh, and I don't mean the, I'm not talking about the, the, the substance of Gamergate, I'm talking about the inflammatory flame war that's, that's kind of come up around it. Um, but but for this, where, the, where this is generally... Uh, as a big company strong arming one of their fans and shaking them down for money, and and yeah, okay, gets a couple of Oscars and all that, but you know the internet is not up in arms about it. I don't understand why not. So John Nemo, uh, I said that was going to be the last thing, but I forgot about this. <laughs> John Nemo sent us um, a couple pictures of the ad. I think this was in the New York Times. Yes, it was yeah. in New York Times Monday, October fifth. Uh, TiVo's coming out with a new box, and TiVo's got a lot of fans, and they have a three-page advertising spread in the New York Times. You know how much money that would cost, David? Quite a lot. The first page is all blue with white text, and it says, The biggest TV announcement out of Silicon Valley this year isn't from Apple. So they're going after the Apple TV announcement right off the bat. Which I say good. I mean, everyone knows that the Apple TV is going to sell like hotcakes, and but I never really considered TiVo 
an Apple TV competitor. I suppose that was naive on my part because they absolutely are, but in for for totally different things. Yeah, um, I, I I mean I must admit I don't I don't see the parallels between this device and the Apple TV. It it is to me is is there is a little bit of crossover, but really they are very different. Uh, and I saw this, I thought, well, good on TiVo's marketing people and and, and uh, PR company for trying to cash in on some of the Apple, um, the uh, some of the Apple attention. But but really, I don't see the devices as being a direct. I don't I don't see the the buying choice between buying a TiVo or buying an Apple TV. Myself. Well, their their ad is also flat out wrong in something. So the next picture he sent is. Uh, the two-fold spread, and it says the all-new TV Bolt delivers what Apple TV can't. And I will say the TV Bolt looks pretty damn cool. I've seen pictures of this before. It looks like a cool device. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got a, a very very much a different design. I'm not sure how practical it is, because uh, you actually have to stick it on, on top of the stack of, of anything else, because it's, it's not flat. Right. Um, it says, uh, skip. Apple TV doesn't allow you to skip commercials. Well... No, because the Apple TV doesn't record live television. There's no commercials. Apple TV does not have a quick mode. TiVo does. TiVo now lets you speed watch shows with uh, while the audio remains perfect. I don't understand what that is. So that's the kind of like um, uh, many of the many of the podcast apps on the on iOS will let you do this as well, um, where they will play the playback at one and a half, one and three quarter times, but it won't make it sound like a chipmunk. Uh, and sometimes what they also do is intelligently take um, pauses and gaps out of the audio. Wow. So effectively, what that means is you can you can listen to a show at, in half the time you would normally take without necessarily losing the sense of it. I do it all the time. It drives my family mad whenever I'm doing it because they, they go, I don't understand how you can listen to anything. This because it, it all sounds like this all the time. And I don't understand how you can understand what they're saying. Um, so I guess that this is doing that for video. So if you watch a 40-minute show, you're going to be able to be finished with it in 25 minutes. So it says, uh, Apple TV does not have your TV channel, so you still need a cable box. Right. It's not supposed to do that. That's not <laughs> what it is. It's not a cable box, the, yeah. Everyone knows that the TiVo replaces your cable box. That's why you buy this. Yeah. Uh, TiVo puts all your channels, cable channels together with Netflix and Amazon Prime. So you can get anything on from anywhere. Well, I'm pretty sure Apple TV does that. Yeah. Anyone. Well, uh, we don't know about the Amazon Prime yet. That's no, a, no, a big but, thing, uh, but it definitely has Netflix. Netflix, Hulu, all the others, and it, and it also has searching across those now. Uh, Apple TV can't let you binge like TiVo. TiVo gives you a one pass to any show, allowing you... Yeah, you can. You can do that with <laughs> Apple TV. It's on iTunes. You can buy the seasons and watch them all together. Yeah, you could watch them off uh, off any if you have them from other places. And yeah, it, it's look as I said, they were, I think they're trying to cash in on on Apple hoo ha and uh, with Apple TV. You, you notice they're doing this ad now before the Apple TV is yeah, actually right. out. With Apple TV, <laughs> you can't record your shows. Uh, that's right, you can't. It's not okay. a cable box. Yeah, 4K Apple TV is not 4K compatible. Actually, I thought the new one is 4K compatible. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but let me. Well, I, I do because this kind of ticks me off when companies out and out lie. Well, yeah, no. I, what I'm saying is, 4K. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know the industry is, is trying to make a big buzz about 4K capability, but I, yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody really, cares. nobody cares. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't see that it says 4K on here. Uh, unless they're talking about the old Apple TV, which yes, it's not 4K. Yeah, I, I don't know whether the new one is or not, but it, as I say, I mean, who? I know Netflix has a 4K service, but who cares? Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, nobody really. Okay, does. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they are 4K and nothing else is, then you know, good on them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for, for somebody who really cares about 4K, then they might be swayed toward this. But those ten people are probably served. Apple TV does not save you money. With TiVo, get rid of your cable box and save a lot of money. Except you've oh, got to buy the TiVo. You've got to buy the TiVo, and also the TiVo doesn't work without a TiVo subscription. Right, and you've you have to, to have a, a little... Ca- and you still That's have to have... TiVo. Right, and you have to have this little cable card from your cable company for it yeah. to work. 
Yeah, it's, it adds that, so much more complexity. Yeah, it does. But the, but this is this is always the Tivo say this all the time. Oh, it saves you money. It doesn't because you still got to pay for cable. You got to have the card. All right, you'll save it. Maybe save something on on box rental if your cable company makes you pay for your box. But the point is, you've, you, that's offset by the fact you've got to pay TiVo whatever it is every month. Otherwise, the box is a is a doorstop. Uh, Apple TV does not let you watch your recordings wherever you are on a phone or a tablet because you don't record with the <laughs> Apple TV, idiot. <laughs> of course you can't. But yeah. guess what? Guess what? You, you, you still can still watch your iTunes content yeah. um, on your iPad because it comes from the cloud rather than rather than your box. Uh, it, it, this is mind-boggling. I and this one I don't get at all. TiVo gets you to and through all your TV with true speed, and gives you back a month of time over a year in ways Apple TV just can't. I don't even understand what that means. That's mumbo jumbo. Well, they're, they're basically saying that if you use the speed up function and you use the commercial skip function, then over the course of a year they think you'll save a month. Yeah, and you develop. You know, some kind of a disorder from <laughs> watching everything at one point five speed. It, I mean, that at the double speed. Oh, you see, I can handle. I can understand listening to audio double speed. Yeah, but because you, I not, do it myself, and yeah. you can listen to it. But yeah. there's a difference between listening to something at two speed and watching it happen at double speed. Even uh, like the like sports. Really, you're yeah. going to watch sports at double? Well, maybe soccer because it'd be more <laughs> exciting. But <laughs> but you can't watch baseball and football at double speed you would the the whole nuance of the game would be gone and you'd probably have some kind of epileptic seizure i mean well can you even movies can you imagine watching um a, a big intense action movie like transformers or uh, Age oh my of Ultron or something at double speed all of those the CGI explosions and things. You just wouldn't... I mean, it's hard enough to see what's going on when you watch them at normal speed. I posted on my uh, Facebook page, which I know you're not big into Facebook and stuff, but um, you know James Spader did the voice of Ultron yeah. in the new movie. He was also briefly a character on The Office. Uh-huh. Uh, he played Robert California. Yeah. Uh, a very bizarre character. Well, someone went into Age of Ultron, pulled all the Ultron parts out, and perfectly yeah. edited in even the, he, they even put this little filter on to make him sound like the Ultron character. His lines from the office onto the the Ultron character, and <laughs> it, it dude, it works beautifully. It was so yeah. good. Um, and I, I, you know what? I think I think for me, I mean, Age of Ultron is a movie that uh, I don't think it was good as the first Avengers movie. And no, um, but it was good. Know, yeah, the more you, the, I've seen it a couple of times now, and and it. it it's one of those movies that doesn't stand up as well the more times you watch. No, it, it doesn't. And but, Avengers does. Yeah, but the thing is, is is James Spader's performance in that is is phenomenal. Uh, it's James you know? Spader. I mean, yeah, he's he's an amazing actor. He really is. I mean, one of my favorite shows of all time is uh, Boston Legal. Yeah. Um, and he's the main character in that show. I watched a movie last night called Dope. Really good movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Not for everyone. It's definitely rated R, but. <laughs> Uh, it's, he's basically this, this guy, the main character is a high schooler that lives in the hood in LA, but he's a geek. He dresses in the nineties and mm. is really, I, I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I mean, there's some parts that I'm like, ugh, but for the most part, I loved it. I thought it was a great show. So, uh, like I told the listeners earlier though, I am about two thirds of the way through the Martian. Oh, reading it. Yeah. I was going to say, two-thirds away through the movie. That'd be strange. Well, especially how it's at the movie theater. So I would like yeah. go to the theater, watch part of it, and leave, come back, watch another part. <laughs> yeah, that's an expensive way to see the movie. It would, definitely would be. <laughs> definitely. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. I will be here again next week and the week after. Uh, at that point, though, David does still need, and again, we'll reach out to Owen, uh, but he would uh, really like someone else to come on as well. And yeah. uh, do a tech fan with him. I know that we've been you've been communicating with somebody. Yeah, um, BJ Rollins has been has been coming back and forth to us. He uh, we we read some feedback out from him uh, a couple of shows ago, and he's still we're still discussing the same topics. Um, so uh, it'd be it'd be nice to find some time to get him on. Though I'm not sure what his availability is going to be like, but uh, he sounds like he sounds like an interesting guy to talk to. Well, and his. What he was writing about, I purposely didn't get to it on this episode because 
I think that we need to revisit the whole digital download uh, and, and consumer rights because that's still an ongoing thing. I'm kind of just waiting to see what Apple's official word is because they haven't said anything yet. So before I publicly slam them and eviscerate them, I want to hear what their reasoning is. But so far, it doesn't sound or look good for Apple at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, we, we kind of really ranked on the publishers and the developers uh, a couple of weeks ago, but um, it sounds like Apple have got some uh, blood on their hands in this as well. Yep. So we're going to get back to that, and uh, BJ will definitely get... Was it BJ? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get to his feedback because it's it's extensive, it's thought out, and I don't want to do it an injustice by getting to it uh, flippantly. So we'll either save that for when David's by himself, uh, or uh, you know when we revisit this topic real soon. Okay, David. See you in a week. See you in a week. <laughs>